Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm going to talk about Baltimore. Not my favorite uh, place, but I like Baltimore. And I've had some great friends there, including Eddie. So Eddie, he was going to tell us why he has a collecting interest in all things Baltimore. I want to thank our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Now, Eddie, with prices being so high, there's a lot of ways to narrow down your collection, but I think it's fun to narrow it down to Baltimore. So welcome to the show and tell us how you've gotten into that. I think it all starts foundationally as a kid. Where do you live? In Baltimore, we have the Orioles and the Ravens. So that's how you get your start, just what teams you like and players at the beginning. What, what's been fun for me as that kept growing, one, you connect with family. For me, it was my dad. And and the Orioles and the Colts and the Bullets were in Baltimore. It was always fun to look at my dad's cards from that era. And by enjoying that, I enjoyed buying cards of the professional teams. Now, it even gets more layered and nuanced as I get older. I think it's also part of the way Baltimore is. So my family has been here for since late 1800s. If you read the, the Baltimore Sun, just the way they make notes in the sports section about former Orioles or former Maryland native, it feels different from other newspapers. There's just a lot of local pride in residents of the area. I've expanded to not just the professional teams, but lo local colleges, Maryland Terps, obviously the big one in the state, but I went to a local college, Loyola College. There's been some professional players from my high school. That widens the scope and creates more things that are interesting to collect. There's a trivia aspect of that uh, that's away from the popular aspect. You're mentioning the newspapers. Collectors, I would imagine there's two ways to be exhaustive as a Baltimore-oriented collector and get anything and everything. And obscure is interesting, as opposed to Eddie Murray <laughs> or Cal Ripken or Jim Palmer, Ray Lewis, some of these. So are you more on the exhaustive, broad-based, or more on the stars that uh, connect? I would say more on the trivia, obscure um, scale. I want to have a rookie card of all the Hall of Famers and things like that. But definitely favorite trivial facts, like I mentioned before, like Mel Kuyper went to my high school and you know, he's got a card. So had to get that. Yeah. I, I, I learned that my college, Loyola College in Baltimore, was in a 1910 Murad cigarette pack. I even learned some trivia from this card. Once I got it, the colors are blue and gold, not the school colors of green and gray. So I had to do some research on that. And like on this, the, the sport for the campus is fly fishing. And I've never seen a drop of water on campus. So I don't know what students were doing fly fishing. This is not to be confused with Sister Jean and the Loyola in Chicago that that's had a couple of really good runs in the March Madness. But I think that's great. That's great. There are no rules in collecting, which is a corollary to the fact that you have so many alternatives of ways that you can go. That's why I think it's necessary sometimes for sanity to normalize or organize your collection. So you don't need hard feelings about the bullets that are now the wizards. You would collect them if you found them or Earl Monroe that he left Baltimore, went to New York and, and arguably was more popular there. Is it just once a Baltimore person, always a Baltimore person? Yeah, I think it depends. As far as the bullets, my dad was always more upset about the Colts and everyone here. There's a ESPN 30 for 30 about that. But the bullets, they stayed close by and there was no team in the area. I think my dad and I, we were both actually basketball players ourselves in high school. So we just liked the sport. You could get to a game in 45 minutes, couldn't you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's, uh, they're, it's 45 miles away, max, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I was a kid, again, a couple of favorite players, Juan Dixon, who Calvert Hall and University of Maryland, 
right. played for the Wizards. And I believe his first year, 90s favorite Michael Jordan was also on the Wizards. So definitely, yeah, there's no team here, but definitely not animosity towards the Bullets leaving that, something like the Colts. What about Lynn Bias? That is that is a, a great question. So I have done some searching and there is no Len Bias card, whether reprint or anything. I don't know exactly why, especially in recent years, you'd think that there might be some tribute, but I really can't find one here in town. And my dad was a basketball guy and he said he could tell me where he was when JFK died and when Len Bias died. That's the way people revered his abilities and remember that moment in the area. But back in the day when I was traveling a lot and going to a lot of card shows, some of the great old baseball cities really had the legacy of veteran collectors and a real appreciation of the game. And Philadelphia was like that. Baltimore mm -hmm. was like that. New York was like that. Boston was like that. If you're going to pick a city, there ought to be some connection to it and there ought to be some depth of appreciation. So football's had a crazy ride there. You would not you know, Indianapolis Colts, no deal, right? As oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Birthday family or not. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I would definitely, if I get a Colts card, is it Johnny Unitas? Is it Raymond Berry? What's been cool about what the cards companies have done, it's it's very cool to get 1950s Lenny Moore or a Raymond Berry. But like this card, they made making newer ones. That's John Mackey and Jimmy Orr autograph cards, more recent. And they've been able to <clears throat> do some cards like that and bring the older players into the new stuff. And especially if Jimmy Orr is not a Hall of Fame type name. He but was a he's good player. I, he was on the Steelers too, but yeah, he was a good player regular size guy. He's like yeah. a size guy that wasn't especially fast, but he wasn't slow. Raymond Berry, same thing. Was He's not fast. Now, he actually yeah. went to SMU, but he was one of the most precise route runners. So he did it on technique, I think, and great hands, obviously. Of course, it helps when Johnny Unitas is throwing you the ball oh, yeah. with a tight spiral every time. Now, I know Rich Klein used to have team-oriented trade partners, especially on the newer cards. He'd get a box of Mets and trade them for a box of Astros or whatever the case might be. Have you done anything like that? Because I think there are people, I don't know if there's a, an express network about that, but if you're a Baltimore guy and people know that, and you have a friend that's Seattle Mariners or interested in Seattle stuff, does that ever happen for you? It hasn't happened for me, except in a very minor way. I have a really close friend who's a Redskins fan went to high school together, but he was from closer to DC originally. And we've opened some packs recently. And the deal is if there's a Redskin card, okay. you get it. If there's a Raven card, but that would be great to have a relationship like that. And that probably is facilitated by local card stores if they have their partners in other states that can help move product around. Because there's definitely a lot of things on my wish list and some obscure that I don't know if I'll ever be able to get because there's not much of it. In the old days, we worried about the regionality of the pricing of cards. In other words, mm. you pay more in Baltimore for a Baltimore player. Yeah. And I think that's not really the case that much. You may pay a little more in a card shop just because of the extra demand there, but generally you can find cards for the same price on the digital platforms regardless. But what you don't have that the local card shops provide is visibility. You're going to see more Baltimore things in Baltimore than you are. You can go to ComC and call out for teams or colleges, things like that. We were doing the price guides. They, they said, you got to put in the teams. That was something trivial. <laughs> it wasn't trivial until we did it. <laughs> and frankly, when you do it according to what you think, there's some times when players are in limbo or they're pictured in, in one uniform, but they're, the card describes them on the other. 
It wasn't so simple, but that was in deference to those people who like to collect by teams and team sets. If everybody's collecting all the same stuff, that's a pretty thin hobby and it can get distorted. If people collect in a variety of ways, that's the healthiest way. Baltimore's not one of them. They tell me there's some cities that just don't have very much of a collector following. But I think Baltimore probably has a pretty strong following. I see some states that may only have one or two local card stores. I know in the Baltimore metro area, maybe five to seven. And obviously we had the, the national here twice right. um, about 10 years ago. So I, I don't know how that came to be, but I would assume that would be in part because of a collecting community here that brought in, it here. In part. And, and the proximity to all the others. And that's the nice thing about on the East Coast. Like we're saying, D.C. is 45 minutes away. So it's still drivable. Yeah. Does it extend to soccer? or to some of these other sports that have had uh, various leagues. I was exhaustive. I would say the sport that's not one of the major ones that Baltimore really caters to is lacrosse. That's the big sport here. And one of my favorite cards I've got is the great school friend. His name's Steel Stanwick. He won the uh, the Heisman for college lacrosse, the Till Wharton Award, national champion. And 2019 Parkside Collectibles came out with a set, and he's in that. There's also, in that Murad tobacco set, there's also, it might not be the first lacrosse card, but it's one of the early ones. Johns Hopkins is one of the colleges. Absolutely. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I think national, that... National champs a lot. A lot, yep. Denver, I don't know if they still are. Yeah, that's probably the biggest sport that's not the main sports that is fun to try and get some collectibles from there. Okay, you're going to have a, a wall of fame. You're looking at my thing right now, which is has some emphasis on uh, Dallas and local Texas kind of colleges and high schools and players. But if you were going to have your wall of fame, What's going to be on it for Baltimore and how broadly, like I said, I mentioned a number of superstars, but your Steel Stanwick thing, that'd be on my wall if he was my friend. What would be on your wall? How eclectic would it be? Do you have a top 10 or have you ever contemplated that of how you could show somebody, hey, this is how I enjoy my hobby. Here's some excellent examples. Yeah, I think it would be twofold. I think one, it would be a side or area where you've got the Baltimore Hall of Famers and probably their rookie cards, probably with them, the players I also really like that maybe didn't make the Hall of Fame, but they're Hall of Famers to me. One thing I've really thought about is trying to have the best Calvert Hall alumni okay. card collection ever. We've got some basketball players, some baseball players, having graded versions, PSA 10s, or Gary Neal was a player for the Spurs a couple of years ago that he might have a card that was one of one serial numbered, possibly. I don't know if there's a Juan Dixon one of one, but get Gary Neal. Right now we've got Damian Lee's playing for the, the Warriors. There's Troy Stokes just came up to the big. So I think trying to get the nicest collection of, of Calvert Hall items would probably be that. I don't know that I have a top 10. I think I have a new top chase or grail card is Frank Cashin, 1992 tops, but it was given out at a New York sports commission, sports club, or, or, or some promotional item at an event that he got an award. He went to Loyola College and was an evening student at University of Maryland Law, okay. like myself. And I'd really like to get a copy of that card. That would definitely go, I think. I think I've seen that, but I don't think I have it, unfortunately, yet. Either. Yeah. Well, the, uh, interestingly, there, it's around the corner from my house. There's a store, an antique store that has one, but they won't separate it from an autographed item. And the, the combination price is more than I'm willing to get. But I know where one is, but I don't have it. I really feel like... If you have a collection and there's no cohesion in it, I won't say that's bad. It's still good to be a collector, but most collector, the, the collecting gene has an organizational component in it. And if you can't explain your collection, if you say, oh, I got a bunch of cards and uh, they're a bunch of sports 
if you can't put some focus or some cohesion on it, say, I collect a lot of things, but my main focus is Baltimore, my local area, people I know. Tim Getch collects cards of anybody he played basketball against (laughs) in whatever league. And I do that too. Anybody I've played sports against that went on in any sport, in any level, I'll get their card because there's a connection. And it's, that's a simple explanation, but you'd have to look at the wall for a while to figure out how right. that unfolds. Because they, and they say, why is this guy on there? I played basketball against him in a city league 40, 50 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> but that's fun to explain instead of, hey, here's a box of cards. There's some good ones in there. It's, it's nice to say, hey, I, here's a, a group that's all Baltimore. And if they're interested in Baltimore, they're going to grab onto it. If they're not, you can't force them. Hey, you're going to have to look at these cards for an hour. Right. I applaud you and I encourage others to focus their collection on a, a player, a team, uh, a sport. And focus is good, especially yeah. today when things get so expensive. It's a great way to collect because it can keep the re- connections going with family and friends. As you connect, I've got family and friends that don't care about card collecting at all, but they might've gone to a little college. When I come home, it's, it's a nice thing to just talk about. And the other thing, it, it allows you to morph your collecting tastes as you grow up. You might idolize certain guys when you're young, your tastes change for collecting and it allows you to be flexible as you age and and things change for you. You're still able to stay under the Baltimore umbrella, but collect different things. Also, a lot of these things we're talking about are not that expensive. The Hall of Fame rookie cards, yes. Yes. These other Baltimore things, there there's a lot of interest per dollar. You don't unless it's something really obscure. And that Frank Cashin card is genuinely tough. Yeah. Uh, I've told people, what do you collect? Well I don't really collect, but when I go to a show I'll pick up low supply, low demand. Okay. If they were Baltimore oriented, I'd try to get them in the hands of Eddie, but um, so I'm just looking for things. So the obscure stuff is not as expensive according to rarity when the demand is so low. Yet, if you go to a national convention and and look through and find some Baltimore stuff, hopefully you're going to get that at a good price because everybody doesn't want it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, like that Loyola card that it's 1910, it was 10 bucks. Whereas if you buy a a baseball tobacco card from 1910, You're not spending 10 bucks. You'd be paying way more. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. See you tomorrow.